Hey, tennis fans, you are listening to Matchpoint Canada, the official podcast of Tennis Canada. We're also members of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network and very happy to be joined this week by Tennis Canada CEO, Michael Downey. Michael, uh, thanks for coming back on the program. Uh, Glad to be here, Ben. Yeah, we appreciate it. And obviously, I, I think our listeners will know our topic today is, of course, the National Bank Open presented by Rogers and uh, Lumnium Bank Nationale. Uh, we had the player entry list uh, drop this week. Um, I, I guess my first question is, you know, we have dates, August 7th to the 15th. What is your confidence right now in our events in Toronto and Montreal taking place? And and where are we currently at in, in terms of approval at the government level? Yeah, I, I'm probably best to use a baseball analogy and say, I think we've turned our we've turned through uh, third base and we're heading home. So we feel very optimistic at this point in time. And, and quite frankly, we wouldn't have released the player list uh, earlier this week if uh, we weren't very confident because that obviously gives a mixed signal. So your, your specific question about the government, we have the city of Montreal and Toronto approval of public health uh, protocols. We have the province of Ontario and the province of Quebec approvals to the same uh, protocols. We're now just waiting for federal public health approval. We expect to get it. We know that history has proven it will be last minute. And we just got to be patient in that regard. You know, uh, if I ramble for a few more seconds, we've seen it across the country. There was a, a FIBA Olympic basketball qualifying event in Victoria where actually the the final waivers came about 72 hours before the six teams got on planes. And we know the CFL only got approval a couple days before their practice session started for 900 athletes. So we've just got to be pragmatic that the approval will come, but it's probably going to be last minute. But we're working closely with Sport Canada, as Basketball Canada did for the FIBA event, and they're helping us steer through all of this. Mm -hmm. So we're optimistic that we might get approval maybe sometime late next week or early the following week, but it's green light on all fronts right now. You know, there's always a risk, but we've been given some good signals that we think it's going to come. That's that's great to hear. So it it feels really just like one final hurdle. I, I imagine you've been in contact with with the government on, at all levels for, for months now. Have, have the discussions been positive lately with the federal government? Or are there any apprehensions that you sense uh, on their side or, or they feel like this is something that can be executed safely in both of the cities? Well, I think it's fair to say, and, and you're right, Ben, like we've been, it's been months with every level of government. And I would compliment them all because they've all been very receptive, but we need to realize at all levels, public health is the priority. And um, we've got to work with all the protocols and get their approvals. And and they're going to look at it from a different lens than maybe a tennis fan is because they've got to look after the the health and well-being of the general public. Um, I would just say it's it's been very positive with the federal government. I will say, you know, one of the points was they were ecstatic when we decided not to go to Cincinnati. Uh, and that was a serious option that we we killed in early June. And I know in discussions we had with the Ministry of Economic Development, the Ministry of Heritage, uh, 
they were very pleased because they look at the National Bank Open and the Omnium Bank Nationale as kind of two major international events that, that kind of help restart the country. Uh, it's a celebration. It, it's, it's something we're all proud of. We'll have 60 million people tuning in from around the world. These are all really good signals about Canada. And therefore, they've been very supportive. But again, that wasn't public health. Public health has mm -hmm. to look at it through a very different lens. And so far, it's been very positive because the issue we face is the one-day modified quarantine. That's what we've asked for. That's the standard fare for tennis tournaments around the world. That's what the Olympics are going to have. That's what Wimbledon had. That's what Roland Garros had. So all those events have proven that they can be successful and safe with a one-day modified quarantine. And that's what we're, we're requesting. So far, we haven't been told we can't have it. But it's very, very important because you know that tennis players play every week and therefore they're not in a situation that they can have an extended quarantine mm -hmm. because the, some of the players are going to be in Japan in the Olympic Games ending the week before our event. Others are going to be coming from Washington and San Jose actually days before our event. So we need the one day uh, modified quarantine, but we know we've got tight bubbles and we think we'll get approval. Yeah, well, uh, well, fingers are certainly crossed here, and um, uh, kudos to Tennis Canada for for adapting and working so hard to to make this happen. And it feels like we're we're nearly there. Um, the tournaments themselves, Toronto and Montreal, you, you know, fans will be allowed in attendance. Um, do you have the specifics to that, or are there numbers that you guys are looking at? And then, what type of experience can maybe a fan expect if if they're buying a ticket to either Toronto or Montreal? Yeah, very good questions, Ben. Um, right now, it's 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 kind of a moving target in some ways, but all in a positive way. So right now in Montreal, we can host about 5,000 fans a session. That's, that's about a little less than 50% of capacity in the main bowl. We, we believe Toronto is about the same level. Now, keep in mind... It's kind of a funny approval thing because we need to get final approval before we can host the fans. But we, we do believe that'll all come, come come together. And therefore, we're moving down that path. There is a, a potential, especially in Toronto, that phase four is technically uh, coming the day before our tournament starts. Like it's 21 days after July 16th. So there is a chance that if phase four happens on schedule, we may even have a further opening for our Toronto event. But right now we're planning for about 5,000, which is kind of the direction, the unofficial direction we've been given, which is, which is terrific. Because if I went back a month or two ago, we didn't think we'd have any fans in Toronto. Right. Now with respect to the experience, it's going to be different. And, um, you know, the reality is, we have to have a very uh, strong line between the 450 international visitors and the fans. So in Toronto and in Montreal, we'll have about 450 who will be coming in from different parts of the world, and they're going to go into what we call a tight bubble. Because of that, we need to really separate the fans from the entourages so in Toronto for example and in Montreal 
the fans are basically going to be limited to the main bowl. So they'll come in on site and they'll go into the main bowl and all the tennis will be watched from the main bowl. They will not have access to the secondary courts. Mm -hmm. And that's because we need to give the space for the players to practice and compete in other matches. Now those other matches will be on TV, but the fans will be limited to the main bowl, which is the main experience and all the best matches we put on the main bowl. But that's, that's because we have to have this tight bubble and it's very important that we protect the lines um, in that regard. Yeah. And um, to, to follow up, as you mentioned, those other side courts, you know, there will be competitive matches and important matches for both events. And uh, so important, I think, that you guys secured this this new broadcast deal with with Rogers and Sportsnet. Um, how's the dialogue been, I suppose, with Sportsnet side? Is that going to be something that's you know, easily navigable for you guys to to host a quality broadcast event too for for those who obviously aren't going to be in attendance, but we want to watch world class tennis. Oh, absolutely! And you know, before I maybe talk broadcast, I just want to say, like, you know, there'll be food and beverage service, there'll be in seat service, right. there'll be concessions open. So a lot of the basics will be there for the fans. They just won't have access to fifteen acres in Toronto as they're used to doing. But I think fans just want to come back and see live tennis, and they'll understand. Mm-hmm. No, the discussions with our friends at Sportsnet and TVA for French language have been. Uh, outstanding you know that Sportsnet is used to being broadcast in in a unique way like they did all the NHL broadcasts you know there's the basketball broadcast so they're they're in tune with this um, so they know how to do this and um, they're both set up to actually bring a phenomenal broadcast because they're going to know the importance of the broadcast relative to you know maybe a normal national bank open so I think the fans that hopefully come to see some live tennis, but also, you know, we'll pick, turn on their TVs or look online, you know, later in the week, we'll get a great broadcast, great broadcast. And we, we should talk about the tennis, obviously, just, just looking at the entry list and, um, Starting with Toronto, I, I know defending champion Rafael Nadal, uh, his his victory from 2019. He's set to return. He, of course, beat Stefano Tsitsipas in the final there. He's coming back. We have Daniel Medvedev in the mix. And then the Canadian contingency is really deep this year, of course. Dennis, Felix, Milos Raonic uh, should be healthy and good to go again. And, and Vashik Pospisil. What are your expectations for the tournament? Do you have any expectations for for the Canadian players as well? Well, I think it's going to, in both Toronto and Montreal, it's going to be an outstanding field. You know, um, I'm biased, but from what I hear, the players love to come to Toronto and Montreal. They love the quality of the tournaments. They love Canada. And um, so we're expecting a great turnout in that regard. As you probably know, Rafa has a formula. He's won two U.S. Opens by playing uh, Canada uh, ahead. And, you know, he skipped Cincinnati um for rest or or other reasons in that regard so he's coming to kind of probably say hey can I do it a third time so Mm -hmm. we know his team has reached out about the hotel and the circumstances in that regard Medvedev is terrific you know he's more than capable of winning our tournament what a fast start he had at the uh, the start of 21 and Sissy Pass is has agreed to come. And you're right that the Canadians, like, I think we're just into a special time where all the Canadians are more than capable of not just going deep, but of actually winning it. And I think the fact that Bianca won 
the Rogers comp back in 2019 has set the bar high. So you just have to believe that Felix and Dennis and Milos Vasek and Bianca and Layla are all coming saying, wow, I finally get to play at home and I can actually win this darn event. And they're going to be going for it. I know the fans are going to be behind them. So I just think we're going to have phenomenal turnouts, especially when the Canadians are playing on main court. And you just know that we're going to be doing everything possible to schedule their matches on main court because mm -hmm. that's what they deserve. And that's the home court advantage you always give your players. Yeah, yeah. And we saw the way Bianca took advantage of that in, in 2019 and should say Montreal. Yeah, the field is awesome as well. Ash Barty just coming off a Wimbledon title. She'll be there. Naomi Osaka, who's set to play Tokyo. Uh, she's on the entry list as well. Barbara Krejcikova, she won Roland Garros. She's there. And then Leila Fernandez with the well-deserved wild card. So, um Definitely, we're going to get world-class tennis. It's like a key, key event ahead of the U.S. Open. And uh, I'm glad Tennis Canada sounds sounds on track with both of these events. Yeah, no, the team are, is working really hard. You know, they're, they're exhausted before even staging the event. But they really want to do this. And, you know, all the good news that's coming is really being accepted so well within the walls of our offices and in Toronto and Montreal, and many of them are now working out of the office. You know, historically, we've been closed, but we've actually got a skeleton crew of, of staff in both Montreal and Toronto because the team is there, they're looking to stage, and they're doing it all last minute. But the plans have been placed, now they just get to execute them. And uh, let's just cross our fingers for great weather because mm -hmm. they're going to be events, and they're going to be a great celebration of not only the return of tennis to Canada, but a, a reopening of Canada. We're going to be one of the first major events in both Toronto and Montreal and, and the cities and the country are so deserving of this. Yeah, yeah, we certainly are. And uh, I, I will say just from our social medias, we've had plenty of messages coming through of people already eager to purchase tickets, eager to attend. So I, I can understand maybe for some, there would have been hesitancy, especially if we looked months back thinking about this event. But uh, I, I think now it, it seems safe to say we can safely host both in Toronto and Montreal and, and we can't wait to cover them here as well. Uh, Michael, thanks so much uh, for your time catching up uh, with myself and our listeners on uh, the promising news for the National Bank Open. Thank you for the opportunity and we'll see you on, on August 9th. There you have it, my interview with Tennis Canada CEO Michael Downey. It is one of two interviews we have for you on this episode as my co-host Mike McIntyre also caught up with Canadian tennis player Vashik Pospisil, who is competing at the Tennis Hall of Fame Open down in Newport. So back on Matchpoint Canada with us today is Vashik Pospisil, frequent guest. I feel like we've spoken to you a bunch of times over the last year, so thanks for your availability and, and for joining us again today. Yeah, no, of course, my pleasure. You're at uh, present time in the uh, finals here at the Newport uh, Hall of Fame Championships in doubles. How much does a run like this in doubles get you fired up and, and, and help balance things out when maybe in singles you didn't have as deep a run as, as you might have liked? Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's good. Uh, any, any match wins are obviously good for the confidence and for the morale. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like I'm playing well uh, in practice, hitting the ball uh, well and working hard. And, um, you know, I just kind of feel like it's a matter of time before a few things line, line up and, and have a couple deep singles runs. But in the meantime, uh, it's nice to get uh, some wins and doubles for sure. 
What, what place does doubles hold with you right now in terms of your scheduling for the rest of this year and, and beyond? I know at times you've gone sort of full doubles, other times focusing more on the singles. How are you sort of balancing the two at this time? Well, I'm currently kind of in that full singles uh, mode, which I've been now for a couple of years. Um, but obviously when I step on the doubles court, I, I, I give my best. And, and um, so, I mean, right now, I think it's just going to be a little bit contingent on scheduling and uh, the lockdowns and the quarantines. And um, so why I say that is because obviously my focus is singles and and, uh, you know, I won't necessarily play doubles at events that aren't a priority because um, usually, you know, if you don't do well in singles, you, you just want to go home and rest or, or recover. And um, so obviously that can change in the future as doubles becomes more of a priority for me. But for the time being, it's just uh, nice to play once in a while to, to get some matches and some wins. And um, but, um, yeah, for the time being, singles will, will uh, remain my priority. Gotcha. When uh, I spoke to you at Wimbledon a week or so ago, uh, you seemed pretty gung-ho about the Olympic Games. Obviously, things have changed for you. And earlier this week, you announced that, unfortunately, you'd have to withdraw. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about the thought process behind your decision and, and how difficult it was to to pull the trigger on that one? Yeah, I think it was probably one of the hardest uh, decisions I'd made in my career, um, professionally speaking, about, you know, uh, schedule-wise and injury-wise and taking care of my body and especially my my mind this time around, which which is, uh, you know, needs to be taken into consideration. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have a strained shoulder, which, uh, you know, obviously when I'm in a tournament and playing doubles with somebody, I, I, I want to finish that event. And um, it's not not good and it's not ideal, but um, you know I've, I've had a couple of days off now in between the, the our quarterfinals and our match tomorrow, and um, so I'll have to give it some rest after this event. And I'm obviously super super sad that I'm going to miss the Olympics, and um, but I had to do it. You know, it was, it was a decision that had to be done, and um, there are a lot of a lot of variables that that go into a decision like that. It's not so simple from the outside. Everything looks very straightforward and simple for you know media or viewers or whatever but fans but uh you know there's there's a lot of complicated factors that go into a decision like that yeah i don't doubt it well look we'll be hoping to see you in paris in 2024 then um on a more positive uh, note national bank open just announced their player field for toronto and uh, you've been announced as one of the recipients of a wild card into the main draw can you talk about what that means to you and and how important it is to have this home tournament in Canada back uh, after a one-year absence. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's, it's you know, it's not going to be the same um, because there's no crowd there, right? So um, I'm obviously excited to be playing to be playing in, in an event. It's not going to feel like a Rogers Cup, unfortunately, because of just, yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it'll be in Canada, so that's that's nice, but, but uh, it won't really have that home court uh, magic that, that it usually does. So... Yeah, I'm just grateful to to have another opportunity to play at a big event and and um, and you know feed off the the good energy of of it being in in my home country. But hopefully, you know, hopefully next year um, we'll have all the the fans back. Back back to normal. Yeah, I hope so. Are you hoping to play doubles here in Canada as well? And uh, if so, any sort of uh, you know glimpse into who your partner might be? Yeah, I'm hoping to play doubles. Uh, I don't, I don't, uh, don't, don't know yet. So uh, no glimpses there, but uh, but um, just kind of sorting through that right now. So, but I, I absolutely, you know, would like to play doubles, and um, 
um, yeah, hopefully some of the, the Canadians want to play doubles that week as well, and and uh, would be would be exciting. But again, because of the because there's no crowds, it's you know it's tough. It's uh, not as exciting. Uh, it's just hard to explain. But uh, I think especially when it's a home tournament, right? You that's that's why the, the home tournaments are always so fun to play is because of that extra adrenaline and and buzz and and um, home fans and everything and. Obviously, that that won't be the case, so that's super unfortunate. But um, but I'm still looking forward to the tournament for sure. I, I know things are changing kind of day to day in terms of what's happening here in Ontario with restrictions, but th there is still the possibility, is there not, that there might be limited fans allowed in for for center court for the tournament? Oh, oh, I actually hadn't heard that. I, I'm I'm okay. not aware. I, I just heard yesterday uh, here on site that that there are no fans. So if gotcha. that changes, I that'd be that'd be great. I hope so. Um, I, I think we're all crossing our fingers yeah, for that yeah, possibility yeah, yeah. still, yeah. right? I feel like if, if everything you know starts opening up, then why not, right? Uh, bring the fans in. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully. Just a couple more questions for you. You are, I would say, without a doubt, it seems like the busiest man in tennis between your singles and doubles play, your PTPA involvement, uh, side projects such as the Hakati Mushroom Company you started last year with your buddies and I, I saw you pop up on my Instagram the other day with like eyeglasses and, and another one about investing so <laughs> have you always been uh, really good at multitasking or is this something you've grown into in adulthood? I've uh, I've always I mean my my personality is is I mean I I, I get anxious if I'm not being productive so um, you know I can there's only so much time I can waste, you know, in front of a, a screen or, or something before I just, you know, kind of get, get anxious about things. So I, I, I like to be productive and proactive and I'm super ambitious and, and I also find it very fun to get involved in, in you know, different opportunities and investing and uh, startups and, you know, everything that I'm doing right now off court. But obviously tennis is my main focus. And so the way I kind of operate is I, I make sure I do everything I, I need and, um, in my you know tennis in my real profession my main one and and then whatever time is left over time and energy then then i put it into uh, the other projects so um it can definitely get quite tiring um i think that's where uh you know finding that good balance where i need to just kind of be aware if i start burning out a bit mentally and just take a, a day off or something because I, I i i sometimes uh have trouble um you know, taking time off, I just kind of go, go, go. So uh, it's a little bit my personality for sure. And, but I think it's a good thing. I think it's, you know, one of my, my qualities and I'm, I'm a hardworking guy and um, yeah. And never a dull moment. Take a shot of maple syrup or something like that to give you a boost. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever get a maple syrup company come at you for a sponsorship agreement after that courtside? Uh... Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, we were having discussions, nothing ever actually came to fruition, but I, I, yeah, that was a that was kind of an interesting time, a fun time. It would have been nice to to lock something in, but uh, you know, my my manager at the time, um, you know, nothing actually uh, turned into anything. There wasn't anything concrete, so so no, it didn't didn't happen. But uh, that would that would have been a funny one. <laughs> Maybe down the road. Uh, hey, my last question for you is: uh, you're pretty close with Richard Branson, and recently he went into outer space of all places, which was pretty cool. Uh, you've come to know him pretty well, I think, in recent years, playing the Necker Cup, of course, as well. Uh, if he ever asked you if you wanted to become the first professional tennis player to go into space, what would your answer be? Yeah, I mean, I know I know Richard, uh, you know, a little bit for sure. I mean, I, I spent some time with him. I'm, I'm I'm good friends with his son actually, and and um, 
Yeah, they're they're an amazing family. He's a, he's a great guy, and he's he's just as 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 nice as he appears uh, on the screen, which is cool. And um, I don't know if I <laughs> if he if he came to me and asked me to go to space, I'd, I'd just probably be honest and and tell him that it's not for me, not right now. So <laughs> that's also another one of my my qualities is I can be pretty pretty direct and honest about stuff, and I'm not afraid to you know, to disappoint someone, even if it's Richard Branson. <laughs> so if he comes to me and says, hey, you can get a free trip to the space, I think I would, I think I would pass right now. <laughs> I, think I, I think I'd be with you on that one. I don't know if my wife and kids would give me a pass. But uh, yeah. hey, thanks for taking the time today. Um, as we're recording this, it's before the final. So all the best in that one with Austin. And uh, looking forward to seeing you in Toronto, uh, playing your best in a few weeks' time. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. That is Canadian Vashik Pospisil. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Matchpoint Canada. We will talk to you next time. 